Welcome to The Investigation. I'm Kira Phillips, here along with my co-host and the head of our investigation team, Chris Blasto. We're also joined by our senior investigative producer, Matt Mosk. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking with New York Times bestselling author and investigative reporter, Vicki Ward. Her latest work, Kushner, Inc., Greed, Ambition, Corruption. The extraordinary story of Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump hits the shelves today from St. Martin's Press. Vicki, great to have you with us. Thank you, Kara. So why did you want to write this book? So I think that um, the book's main theme really is about two people who we all hoped at the outset of this administration would be the sort of moral center of it, would be moderating influences on a president known for his extreme character and extreme policies. And I think that there were signs right at the beginning that perhaps they weren't what they seemed. I set out to sort of to to see um, whether Washington would change them. And and the answer, I think, is is that, you know, the White House is very much now run kind of like a a New York family business. I mean, your description of them is not flattering. They are not going to like this book, right? No, I think that's that's true. But I think you have to remember that um, the book is a result of two years uh, investigation. 220 different people were interviewed, 118 of them, multiple times. You know, I do stress it is a, it's a really investigative work, is that these are two people who are um, products of their upbringing. You know, Jared Kushner um, is someone who was, in the, you know, it, when he worked for his father in the Kushner family business, a somewhat imperious delegator, not a detail-oriented person. And that doesn't matter when you work for uh, an, your family firm in New York. But it do, not knowing the details does matter when you get to Washington. And I think that they are now held to a much higher standard than they were before they went into the White House. You know, Ivanka Trump, uh, very early on, seemed to use the transition as a sort of product placement for her fashion brand. And again, these are things that it shouldn't be the norms in our government or in a transition. In, in your title, I mean, you even have the word corruption. It's Kushner, Inc., greed, ambition, corruption. Yeah. But where, where's the corruption? Where's the criminality? I mean, to this point, there hasn't been a prosecutor who has a, accused either one of them of a crime. Right. Well, I, I'm not a prosecutor. I'm a journalist. But I think you see, you know, there's an example for it right uh, at the beginning of the transition where uh, Jared Kushner is um, conducting business on behalf of uh, Kushner companies um, with the Chinese. And Gary Cohn, who after all had sort of been very senior at Goldman Sachs, when you know when he found out about this, he said, Jared, you know, you can't do this. Everything you, you, you do from now on is going to look like you've gone into government to personally enrich yourself. I mean, everybody around Jared Kushner was horrified. Um, Steve Bannon, Ryan's previous, all of them. But do you think it was naivete or was it uh, deliberate? There is a disdain for rules, including the rule of law, you know, in the world of New York real estate. It's but a, by the Kushner family? Well, or I, by- I think the Kushners, they're a very close-knit family. There is a mistrust of outsiders, the whole way he's been raised. 
an entitled mindset. There are some great moments, Vicki, where you actually talk about people trying to counsel Jared and Ivanka about the things that you want to do, you can't do in Washington. You need to have a lawyer with you when you're making yeah. these phone calls. Can you tell us a little bit about what that, what now all the investigating that you've done, what you think the transition was like for them? Well, you know, the transition starts right in, in an extraordinary way that the very first weekend, um, Ivanka goes on um, 60 Minutes and first of all, tells a flat out untruth, which is that she's not going into the administration when meanwhile, behind the scenes, it's very clear she's making, there are plans for a Trump family office to be put into the East Wing until Melania Trump gets wind of it and immediately puts an end to that. So, and then she flashes up uh, a bangle that, you know, she, the, the bangle she's wearing, where to everyone is told that they can buy for $10,000 the next day. You know, and as somebody senior in the transition said to me, you know, you can't, although she apologized or her, her, her spokesman for her did, you can't unsee it, right? Um, and at the same time, Jared, unbeknownst to anybody, is having this business meeting with a ch huge Chinese insurer um, to try to um, solve the Kushner's enormous financial albatross, this building in New York, which threatened to break them financially. And, um, and he doesn't tell anyone. But I think Chris's point was a good one. Is this, is this two people who really don't really know what they're bargaining for, who are naive? What, what did you conclude about what really was motivating them? You know, most people go into government uh, for public service, they do seem to have gone in for uh, self-service, right? I mean, there's, there, there seems to be uh, no doubt from the way that Ivanka kept putting herself uh, in the room with foreign leaders or on the phone with foreign leaders whose countries happened to then give her fashion brand trademarks. I mean, she, it would, you know, she, she has, she came up with a line for one of her books: "Perception is more important." than reality. And it would seem as though for as long as she possibly could, she was going to try and, you know, play this um, for maximum benefit to her brand. Actually, that's what struck me the most, because in the last, say, Ivanka's been on the public eye now, maybe what, three years, maybe three and a half in real spotlight. This is the first book that or first real hard look at her and very critical look at her. Why do you think that exists? Do you think there's a double standard? It's always been Jared, Jared, Jared in the Mueller investigation, but not her. Do you have any explanation? I think the Mueller investigation will give the what to the sort of uh, the why in a way of uh, my book. I mean, I, I notice that the you know the uh, questions that have come out from uh, Chairman Nadler's committee actually do have a lot of concerns about there are a lot of questions on there about yeah, bankers but, but, but no 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 but the 81 uh, the 81 people that got those first letters right. uh, jared's mentioned 
Ivanka's not mentioned once. But there's more than 50 individuals and, and organizations that were asked to turn over documents related to That's exactly Ivanka right. and yes. her business interests. That's what I. Okay. That's really right. what I but was getting at. Yeah, so, and then so, they've but, said but, she's not off the table, right? Right. So, so is that hinting that they are looking at potential financial uh, conflicts? And could Ivanka be held accountable here? Could this go deeper? Could she find herself in trouble here? Well, I think, look, there was enough smoke for um, people in the State Department and in the White House to be extremely upset and concerned um, by the very fact of her leaping on phone calls and going into meetings that they felt was inappropriate. Did they think she actually, you know, got on a phone call and said something blatantly illegal no it was it was but it was it was much more subtle than that i think they feel you know the general feeling was that jared um doesn't have ivanka's subtlety which is perhaps why his we are hearing his name a great deal more and he's made a great deal more many overt um mistakes but as to whether or not these two will be held accountable i you know i think that there are that this goes two ways are either they will, as a, a combination of Congress and prosecutors, or, you know, their path, their trajectory will continue as it has, which seemingly is remarkably unstoppable. If the Mueller investigation concludes and Jared and Ivanka are not on the receiving end of that work, will that be a failure in your view? What do you think? But I will, I will say that um, I do think one of the biggest reveals in in Kushner Inc. does relate to the Russia investigation because it's how Jared really pushed the president to fire James Comey um, in a way that hasn't really been reported before. Right, you know, Jared was gung ho, according to uh, one of the senior White House officials, uh, and he made a, a three point. point uh, argument to the president in front of Steve Bannon and others that he thought James Comey uh, was hated by the FBI, was hated by the Democrats, um, and if Trump fired him, the base the base would love it. And he he made this argument very impassionedly, right around the time that the press had had learnt that he'd been meeting with these Russian banker and 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 and, and Russian diplomat. And he had failed to put any of this on his security clearance form. So I'm sure that the Mueller investigation and Congress will be looking very closely at that. But the White House is going to say, or Jared Kushner's people are going to say that, listen, Steve Bannon is a disgruntled person. I, I don't know if Steve Bannon's the source for you, for, for your book on that story, but he is around in a lot of the conversations. And obviously the hatred between Steve mm -hmm. Bannon and Jared Kushner is known all over town. So And with Ivanka. Yeah. Well, and with Ivanka. So d does he have an ax to grind? I'm fully aware of all the different personal agendas and personal vendettas. I mean, one of the challenges when you report a book like this is not to take just one person's version of events. I think that particularly when you have... Um, sources who, who want to be anonymous, it's really important that you double source everything. So 
um, you can be absolutely assured that the scene about Jared um, pushing the president to fire James Comey did not, just because Bannon is in the room, that there is multiple sourcing um, eyewitnesses on that. So what more did you find out about why Jared Kushner was encouraging the president to fire James Comey? Well, I, you know, the timing, right? This particular conversation happened in front of a lot of people, which is why um, it was so notable. And, you know, Jared normally didn't go to the line like that. Um, but on this issue, he did. I think that the other sort of big issue for Jared that has not come up before but is is really important is this business of closing the White House logs. Um, you know, everyone has assumed that uh, the president did that. And, it's uh, you know, there was rightly, if you remember, an absolute outcry about it. Um, but again, it turns out that just around the time that Jared is meeting with um, people who are in a position to help his family business. Are you suggesting he doesn't want people to ever see who's coming in there for these meetings? That is it, absolutely that, you know, the lack of transparency I mean, uh, around Jared, I think, is really troubling. You know, one of the things I discovered when I was reporting the book is that BFPS, an entity that yeah, is that on really interesting. Uh, that is on uh, Jared's financial disclosure, actually stands for Brothers First, Partners Second. And the way it was Jared himself explained it about three years ago to somebody he wanted to hire was that it was a, a 50% profit sharing agreement um, between himself and his brother, Josh. Uh, and so you know, Josh is in a completely different set of businesses. Um, and Charlie Kushner, the father, also told people he, he liked the idea that the brothers had a profit sharing agreement because he felt it would it would stop them ever fighting over money in the way that he and his his own brother had had a, a, a disastrous battle. But Oscar didn't, Josh, didn't Josh Kushner put out a statement about your book saying Josh that, Kushner did deny so. that that that, prof, that there is a profit sharing um, relationship. So the question is. Um, you know, did, did when did it change? I gather that the significance of that, if they're sharing profits on everything, that that means that Jared's not really divested himself of his private interests while he's in the White House. Is that the, the most important point? I think, um, look, the way he's divested is himself is, is not the same as, again, rules are for other people, right? Everyone else, when they go into the White House, has, has to sell everything. You can't have a stock or a share. What Jared has done is just put everything in a trust run by his mother and his brother. We know he's had this profit-sharing arrangement in the past. There are questions over as to whether it exists now. Jared and Ivanka have outlasted so many of the key players that surrounded Trump. I mean, Priebus, uh John Kelly... Um, Katie Walsh. Yeah, keep going. It sort of begs the question, what does the president actually think of this? And I guess a question mark in your book, because in some portions of your book, it seemed like the president uh, needed Jared and Ivanka around him and wanted them around him. And at other points, you uh, paint a picture of him wanting them to go back to New York. It came in waves was the quote. Um, so is so, the president back and forth on whether he wants Ivanka and Jared in the White House and not in the White House? Is that true? Yeah, completely. Um, you know, I mean, even actually what, what's, I think, one of the book's great ironies, it wasn't, 
even the president who really pushed for them to come in. Don McGahn, the White House counsel, was ambivalent, didn't really think it was a great idea, partly because of corruption, but also in case they turned out not to be competent. Um, went to see um, Steve Bannon and Reince Priebus and said, you know, the uh, Justice Department is ambivalent about this. Um, you know, we can write a legal opinion to get around the uh, nepotism laws. Um, but what do you think? And it was Bannon, of all people, who said, you know, maybe maybe we need them. Um, maybe they're the only people who can calm the president down in moments of high crisis. And, uh, of course, the great irony is, is that, you know, six months later, they, they ushered Steve Bannon out. The president hates the negative press. He hated uh, reading about Jared's botched security clearance forms. Um, he hated uh, reading about their misuse of their email accounts. Really bothered him. It's going to bother him even more the way you write about Jared's admission to Harvard <laughs> and that his dad, uh, you know, makes a $2.5 million donation, calls up Senator Lautenberg to call Senator Ted Kennedy uh, to call the admissions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's clearly, he was clearly a very average student. You know, I, I quote one of his classmates who was in the first track who actually burst into tears uh, because when she heard that he'd got into Harvard and, and, and she hadn't. Jared has denied this, I think, uh, publicly has denied that this is the case, that he used influence to get into Harvard. Is that right? Did they talk to you about this one way or the other? No, I mean, they, 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 never, they never talk about this. Did President Trump talk to you at all with, re, with regard to your book? The, the one, you know, I, I have known the president um, a little bit, going back 10 years, actually, um, I did talk to him during the transition, and that's when he said to me that he wasn't actually sure if he was going to bring what he was going to do with Jared. When I when I read the book, it it's as I said in the beginning when we started this interview, it's an extremely unflattering portrait of Jared and Ivanka. But the president doesn't come off that bad at all, in my opinion. If I, you know, <laughs> you actually seem sympathetic to Trump in your book, Mark Carallo kind of says on the record that, the, you know, this is a president who doesn't like to appear weak, but his biggest weakness appears to be these two, that he knows mm. that they shouldn't be there. He perhaps knows they shouldn't have security clearances. And yet, and he sets up, you know, he has to, says to John Kelly, you know, they need to go, make life so difficult. And, and then at the end of the, the great irony is, it's Trump who can't pull the trigger, um, who can't, Get rid of them. But so then why is Jared in the position that he's in? What do they call him? The, the secretary of everything? Right. I mean, here he is d d doing Middle East peace negotiating. Yeah, <laughs> but I, and I think that that is a reflection of Trump's Achilles heel, actually, that these two are his great weakness, not being able to, to put his foot down. So a White House speculate. insider that worked with them day in and day out said actually the most genuine, real thing they saw in that, saw in that environment, and especially between those two, was their relationship. Right. That they enjoyed each other, they loved each other, they had fun, that this was a real marriage. And that's somebody who dealt with them day in and day out. And and he actually, you know, said when he saw your book that that he he completely disagreed with that portrayal that they were just a business partnership. Well, I don't think I ever say 
that they're just a business partnership. I mean, oh, I think these, only these, that President Trump wanted uh, her to marry Tom Brady. Well, that's President Trump. He's not. He's <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, but he's allowed to have his opinion too. I mean, I actually think that the book shows how incredibly similar they are in 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 many ways. They're very similar in the way that they think that PR, you know, everything is about PR rather than substance. I want you to clarify one thing, though, when you say that uh, the president doesn't like reading bad press about Jared and Ivanka. Do you mean that he uh, feels angst towards the media for writing these stories? Or do you mean that he feels angst towards Jared and Ivanka for becoming the subject of these stories? The latter. He also really hates it when uh, Jared's family finances come under uh, the limelight and under scrutiny because he thinks that that just brings attention one step closer to his own personal finances. And that's that's not something he's at all excited about. What kind of blowback are you feeling? Are you feeling any uh, revenge or payback or scrutiny from the White House or from their team? So what they've called around people they think talk to me um, and I think are sort of you know, asking people to, you know, disavow me. I, I mean, I was warned back in the summer before I'd actually written a single word. Uh, someone very close to the cushion had said, well, they, they're going, all they're going to do is they're, they're going to go and try and discredit you. I mean, so I knew um, right from the outset that that's what their plan was. Um, I was slightly surprised by um, Sarah Sanders' comment that, um, I think she said that my book had been categorized on my website as fiction at one point. Well, that, interestingly, my website got hacked. <laughs> this was about oh, two wow. months ago. Um, but it was what, what, but there was a mistake. But I, I was amazed that Sarah Sanders or somebody in the White House thought it worth their while two months ago to be looking at my website so closely. I mean, is this really a good use of taxpayer dollars? And, you know, the other thing that's been fairly interesting is that, you know, their blanket denial that addressing every point of my in my fact checking questions would be too time consuming. Well, <clears throat> I sent them a list of about seven or eight questions that were yes or no answers. So that the fact that they think it would be too time consuming to address it is is kind of hilarious. So well, you're, you're confident that everything your sources have told you are 100 yeah, percent accurate. I, I had a team of uh, seven fact checkers because... I went so, the actual writing was so fast and I knew that it had to be completely solid. Um, took me four months last summer just to read the transcripts of my own interviews um, and to, to get the structure of the book down. Um, so then I really, I just, as you know, as I was writing, I wanted to be sure that all the details um, were hunt, you know, were completely accurate. I'm extremely confident in my reporting. The Mueller report could be out mm -hmm. uh, any minute. What do you expect? What do you expect out of this? I mean, if there's if it comes out and says no collusion, but they abused power, do you think people will just ignore the rest of the stuff that you've written about? No, I don't, because I think that so the book on a micro level is about Jared and Ivanka, but on a on a much bigger level. It's about how the protocols um, in government that have kept us safe for many, many decades have just completely been shattered in the last two years. And I think it's 
you know, I'm a new, relatively new American citizen and I'm appalled and outraged by this. It's like sort of knocking over a cup of coffee. It takes a second to do it and it takes much longer to mop it up. Should we be more focused on the Trump family and all their real estate business from years past? I mean, you know, a huge portion of this book is 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 devoted to the intersection of of the Kushner family finances and his role in government. Ivanka too. Um, so, and I think as one of the Trump legal team, you know, says in the book that that um, there are going to be a lot of investigations because Robert Mueller has passed has passed on what's not central to his investigation. He's passed it out to the Southern District of New York. The story does not end when the Mueller report. If anything, it, the story is just beginning. Vicki Ward, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, let's take a quick break. And welcome back to The Investigation. Once again, I'm Kira Phillips here with my co-host Chris Vlasto, also senior editorial producer John Santucci, who's been covering the entire Trump family since the launch of Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, we've been talking about Vicki Ward's book, by the way, also written a book about New York real estate. So she, she has an expertise in this area when it comes to real estate dealings uh, in New York. Um, Vicki's account in her most recent book, though, uh, pretty condemning. Uh, corrupt is right there in the title of her book. We challenged her on that. I mean, John, Chris, Ivanka and Jared have not been tied to any type of criminal action thus far. So do you feel she was she was pushing it? Well, I think, listen, I, uh, right on the outset, the book is tough. I mean, you, you do not uh, close that book and say, wow, Jared and Ivanka are great people, according to Vicki Ward. I mean, she eviscerates them over and over again, and particularly uh, as it relates to Jared Kushner. I mean, just going back into uh, Jared Kushner's father, Charlie Kushner, who obviously uh, served time in prison, but just the whole family. I mean, this is not um, a glowing picture that anybody creates. And I think one of the things that you all talked about is, you know, trying to find if there uh, was any uh, good that they had done or anything hopeful that they have. I mean, and one of the things that she talks about is that she really believes uh, that they are enablers, that they uh, have come to Washington. And opportunists. Yeah, and, and, and are always looking at how to advance themselves, how to advance their businesses, their causes. Um, I mean, as I told you and I told Chris, Kira, I mean, you know, uh, the amount of calls that uh, I received from sources close to Jared and Ivanka and others in the White House over the last couple of days screaming and yelling about this book, uh, I lost count. But, but what, she what? says her sources, she believes, and Chris, you, you heard her, we asked, you know, do, do, are, do you, are you 100% confident that your sources are accurate? And she said, without a doubt. Although it's a brutal portrait of Jared and Ivanka, there are some real serious questions that she raises that I think are going to be the future investigations after Mueller. I think there are real questions about Jared and Ivanka's security clearances mm -hmm. and, and what was going on in the White House. Now, whether Jared was naive, which is possible, that he was new to government, had no idea what he was going to be doing, and he kind of saw, well, what's wrong with using it as a business opportunity? Well, the truth is you can't. That's what, what, what I take away from this book is 
We're in for a lot more investigations even after the Mueller report. Yeah, we saw what happened after Michael Cohen's testimony, the first public one that so many other uh, different committees uh, took uh, breadcrumbs he gave and ran with them. We saw uh, the New York State Attorney General go after Trump based on something that Cohen was asked during questioning. There's a lot here um, from Vicki Ward's book. If they were, as Ward points out, taking all of these meetings during the transition, during the early days of the White House, that is going to open them up to congressional investigations and potentially, as we know, you know the, the reaches that you have various attorney generals up and down the East Coast looking into the Trumps keeps growing. On the defense of Jared and Ivanka, mm-hmm. you can read between the lines in this book and see who the sources are. And most of them, I could tell, I could pick them out, are ex- White House staffers who had no love for Jared and Ivanka. Uh, Steve Bannon on line one, anybody? Steve Bannon, paging Steve Bannon. So do you think this was just a platform platform for everyone who's who's ticked off at at the president and his family? I mean, is this just a disgruntled portrayal of those who can't stand Trump and his family? Well, I think that's some of it. But I do think there's an element of truth to it. And, And I do, if you take all the books together, I mean... Jared was a target for people. I think Steve Bannon was quoted in another article once saying Jared's like air or something. John, you may know that, that, you know, he 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 kind of comes to a meeting and then he disappears, but he doesn't take any responsibility. So, I mean, people had a target out for Jared and Ivanka because they would stay. They, they're they still surviving. Everyone else is gone. Well, and it's interesting to me, Chris, it's, it's Bannon is one, but the other person that you can clearly tell cooperated with this book, it seems, we don't know for sure, but it would seem uh, is Gary Cohen, the president's first economic advisor, the former uh, chairman of Goldman Sachs. My understanding from sources is that he's still quite friendly with them. However, he really seems to go at them too, if indeed it is him. But there's things, stories that they are telling and quotes that she has. I mean, look, Vicki Ward said she spoke to what, 220 True. people, 118 yeah. of them multiple times. So she, you know, if, if you know, she's done this before, she's written other successful books, as Kira mentions, on the New York real estate market. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to have to read it and judge for yourself. Listen, so- it's, it's Caesar's Palace in this White House, and, and, you know, everyone is casting dispersions upon everyone. You don't really even know who to trust even after they leave the White House. It's same issue with sourcing though, right? Right. How many times do we talk about this? That you have one source telling you X, you think they're truthful, legitimate, but you realize that that's because they're trying to stab the person in the back that they're telling you about. I mean, that's the hardest thing. But I do think, you know, and, and, and Kira and I were talking about this earlier, there is good work the Kushners have done to their credit. I mean, Jared definitely championed the criminal justice reform bill that would not have gone through without him. You saw Democrats, even Van Jones, going to the White House uh, cheering him on. Uh, They've moved the embassy in Israel, a big thing that uh, he wanted to accomplish. That checked off. And Ivanka Kira, I mean, look, she's doing events this week again, uh, pushing her women's empowerment initiative. So they are trying to do some things, but we don't know all. I think there's no doubt that Ivanka, and I'm speaking as a mom and as a woman here, does have her dad's ear on certain issues. I mean, when the immigration uh, story got real big and family separation, she's the one that showed the president all those images of the kids and, you know, diapers and dirty faces and crying and being, you know, uh, they were portrayed as they were being ripped away from their parents. So, I mean, she she definitely has his ear on issues. Sarah Sanders seeing this book saying it's sad, but not surprising the media would spend time promoting a book based on shady anonymous sources and false info instead of all the incredible work that Jared 
and Ivanka are doing for this country. Are they doing incredible work for this country? You mentioned two issues that got a lot of play, but are they top-notch advisors? Well, well, but here's the thing on that, Kira. I think there was a hope. I think there was expectation that when Trump went into the White House, that Ivanka and Jared would be the calming influence. The guardrails. Yeah, and that that they would protect the country. But the truth is... Donald Trump's his own man. Why don't we talk about the House Judiciary Committee, all the subpoenas, the 81 people uh, receiving letters. Just just to point out back to the book for a minute, and then we can talk overall about this debate going on about who says they're going to, to show up and help out and who, who isn't. The requests were letters sent mm-hmm. to everyone. So no one is obligated to respond. And I think what we're going to see is a lot of them not responding. Well, I think uh, you already are seeing one of the president's early campaign advisors, Michael Caputo, said in a recent interview that he's not going to cooperate. Let's listen to it. Are you going back? Oh, I won't go back. I, I gave them a, a quick answer, me and my attorney, to their question for documents. We had no documents that, that they asked for. We, I also had the shortest document request of all 81 people, but they still asked my, uh, my attorney if he would present me for testimony. And if I, they're inviting me, they're inviting all of us. And if, you know, I got nothing left. They've taken my business. They've, they've punched the living crap out of my family. I got nothing left. So that was Michael Caputo, who's very close with Roger Stone, uh, worked on the president's campaign uh, for the early half um, of the cycle um, and has been under investigation. The point now is that the deadline is coming for these 81 individuals and entities to turn over documents to the House Judiciary Committee. Caputo is the only one that has said he will not do it. Um, Others like Sean Spicer, the president's uh, first press secretary, and Tom Barrick, uh, his longtime friend, decades uh, of friendship between the two, have come out and said, they would cooperate, but we haven't heard much from others. And I do think that for many people that I have spoken to that are the subjects of these letters, what they have said is, look, I've done this already. I have given material to the House Intel Committee, the Senate Intel Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee. I've given stuff to Bob Mueller, the Southern District of New York. I'm done. And I do think once we actually see what Jerry Nadler and the House Judiciary receives, I don't think it's going to be, oh, all 81 complied. Check. Yeah, no way. And and to Kira, your point before, bringing up Ivanka, I do believe that's going to be the battle for the next two years. And I do foresee Ivanka and Jared uh, before uh, Jerry Nadler's committee or House or Elijah Cummings' uh, committee. But the fact is, though, if the Trump White House, even I know I talk about my Clinton days a lot, but the Clintons mastered the art of delay And we're only in round one of this battle of going back and forth. So I think before Jared and Ivanka appear before a public hearing like Michael Cohen, there's going to be a lot of subpoenas. There's going to be a lot of courtroom challenges. And we're going to be sitting in district court fighting over the whether they have jurisdiction or not over these allegations. Well, and that's just it, Chris. I mean, people I've spoken to are hoping that they can keep this going into next year because it keeps the the theory alive and well from the president that Democrats are just after him, after his associates. That's a great message for them to campaign on. But the other part of it, and you you said it earlier, if it keeps them, the individuals, Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, the other members of the Trump family, other principles related to Donald Trump 
out of the lights of the cameras, out of those uh, those hearings, that is a total home run for Team Trump. They just got to figure out how to do it. I mean, as Dave Bossy told us um, on one of our most recent episodes, he doesn't see it there ready. They don't have the A-team there ready to go. Now, does that change between now and the next couple of months? Who knows? Well, that's about all the time that we have today. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of The Investigation. Please be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a rating, let your friends know about the podcast. And thanks again to our producers, Trevor Hastings and Shannon Crawford, my co-host, Chris Flasto, and my colleagues, Matt Mosk and John Santucci. We'll see you next time on The Investigation. The Investigation.